Welcome to the Grow Deeper podcast. This is Mike Holly. I'm here with Ross Furio today, and we're going to continue to talk about what it means for us to grow in life and faith. Yeah, this is episode four. Uh, we're having a great time, and like Mike said, like Mike said, like Mike. Ooh, there's a little tongue tie. Got to be there. like Mike. Like Mike said, you know, we are talking about how to be a people of growth, uh, where we see that in the scriptures, where we see that in life how we can take the next step into a season of growth and what it looks like for us to continue to grow in our faith. And we're having a good time doing it. We are having a great time. And last week, you may remember, we actually focused on what it could be like for us, even if we don't know what's ahead, even if we don't really see a picture of how we want to fully be after the process of growth is over. If we can't, you know, understand the way forward for us, at least we can find one area of our life where we can take a first step. Right. Because growth can be overwhelming. And oh. so often when you begin to think about these areas of your life where you you want to see some change and some renewal and some rejuvenation and some growth, it can spiral into this massive snowball rolling down the hill. So, you know, a lot of the time in order to kind of get started, it's so important to just say, okay, what's an easy win? that I can take that will set me on a trajectory of growth? What's, what's one thing I can do? And that's that's really what we talked about last week. If you found yourself in being overwhelmed by our conversation, then we wanted to really narrow it down for you to say, okay, it's there's a lot going on, but there's always going to be one thing that I can do that'll reorient me towards growth. Right. And if, if we allow ourselves to become frozen, it's a lot harder to get that momentum back. But if we can just you know say, if I just do this, I can keep growing. I can keep going in a, a direction of, of health or life. And focusing on that one thing can not only you know, be productive, but it can also allow you momentum, energy, uh, optimism, uh, hope for other areas of your life. Right. So we're going to open it back up today and and broaden the window of how we look at this growth plan. Uh, I think we called it a growth plan of attack last week, GPA. GPA. Yep. So, but I want you to keep that one thing model tucked in your back pocket, right? So if you get far down the rabbit hole with us this week and next week, and you find yourself overwhelmed again, let that one thing model prevent you from stalling right? Prevent you from just feeling like you're spinning your tires and you don't really know what you need to actually do next. Because that's one thing you can always go back to. I mean, today we're going to talk more about how to imagine where God may be calling you and what that looks like, which again, we're going to pull you back up into the clouds today. If that's too much, then go back to that one thing model and just continue to focus on that until you feel ready to open it back up for you and, and your thinking in your life. Exactly. The one thing is always there. And not only is it, you know, there in your back pocket, but it may be that in the areas of your life uh, where you are seeing the need for growth, you can apply that model, like we mentioned last week, in those different areas so that you're not just focusing on one little step you can take. You might be taking five one thing steps. Correct. And yeah. so that's always there for you, no matter what uh, we end up helping you decide as this podcast continues. Yeah. Yeah. But for this week, uh, in this episode, we're going to get started with breaking down and talking about this growth plan of attack. So we've come up with a three-step process, I guess you could call it that, a three-step plan 
And I don't know if the three steps are going to really equally divide into three episodes. We'll see. There may be some bleed over between them. But we've come up with the phrase ready, aim, fire to describe the three steps. Yeah. To have a growth plan of attack, you've got to have the steps because if you want to grow in a certain area, you've got to make sure that you know where you're going. You've got to figure out how to get there. And then you've got to actually start. So ready, aim, fire. Right. So ready is is the vision process of growth. It is the ability to imagine and dream a reality where uh, you have grown, right? And and what that would look like for you in your life and your relationship with with God. Aim is the practical side of that vision, right? It's when the boots hit the ground and you begin to identify and organize what steps actually need to happen for that vision to become a reality. And then fire is obviously starting, beginning, right? Doing it uh, and, and seeing where it, where it leads you. And, and not only just doing uh, the, the things that you need to do in order to get to that uh, future, but also making sure that the steps that you're taking are actually effective. Right. You know, reviewing yeah, it's, it's it a along season the way. of evaluation where, yeah. okay, well, this is what I thought was going to work when I was aiming. Is it? Am I hitting the target? Is it accomplishing what I thought it was going to accomplish? Is it doable? Is it realistic? Am I burning out? So, you know, fire is all wrapped up into that because it's really when the thrusters go off and you begin to recalculate what you actually need to, to get to where you're aiming. Exactly. Exactly. And if you if you notice that the uh, the steps you're taking are not uh, getting you to where you need to go, then what do you do? You re-aim. You know, you aim again and try to hit the mark more closely. Mm-hmm. And those will, mm-hmm. that aiming will give you possibly either a refined uh, step or even new steps to get you where you're hoping to go. So, but for this week, we are definitely just going to really stick to breaking down that first step, which we're calling ready. Uh, a season of preparation, a time of vision, of dreaming and imagining. Right. You've got to be able to, in a sense, envision or dream uh, about who you want to be or how you want to be at the end of your growth. Even though, you know, it may be a pie in the sky, uh, you know, a a wild and crazy uh, dream of what you might live like or be like, doesn't matter. It just needs to help you imagine where you want to go. Because in a sense, if we don't really have that full picture of what you'll be like at the end, our aim is going to be off. We're not going to know the steps that we need to take in order to get to that Mm. end result. So if you remember, it was either the first or second episode when we talked about the catalyst for seasons of change. And we narrowed it down to three things broadly, pain, love, and stillness. So if you keep that in the back of your mind and then you begin to to consider scripture and consider when kingdoms and people and uh, tribes enter seasons of growth and who and what the catalyst is for that, almost always you have this figure of a prophet show up, come on the scene when there is chaos happening, when someone's messed up or everything is disorganized and nobody knows what to do or when there's a season of transition. So that's where we went this week when thinking about how can we do this? What does it look like for us to 
imagine and dream where God is calling us? And how can we better understand that by looking at the role of a prophet in Scripture? And like you said, the prophets usually show up in this time of change or in this time of chaos where God's people are sort of either experiencing uh, the consequences of of their actions, uh, usually against God, or there is some kind of big external change in the world around them, and they're kind of scurrying to figure out what to do. And it's usually the prophet who shows up as an agent of God to be able to speak into that season and remind them of who God is and what God wants of them. Right. And, you know, as we get into this, I think we're going to have to own how we may have misunderstood the role of a prophet in Scripture. I mean, I know that a a common way of thinking about prophets is just men in Scripture that are looking into a crystal ball of sorts that God puts in front of them and gives them the ability to foretell the future. And I don't really know where that understanding of a prophet has come from, but I do think it is one of the dominant views of what is the role of a prophet in Scripture. Well, the role of a prophet is to tell us what is going to happen next, which is not at all what prophets do. Well, they might see the writing on the wall and and read that writing to the people who are blind to see it, but they're not saying, basically, in five years, this is what's going to happen. Right. They're, they're more of, uh, I guess, addressing the, the, obvious, the obvious truth about what's around them. But you're right. When we think about prophets, we think about some show on the uh, History Channel about some prophet who predicted things and it ended up happening. Right. We think about like a psychic doing, I mean, you know, maybe not directly, but it's, it's those type of roles that influence the way we read prophets in Scripture often. When really... And there's a great book called Prophetic Imagination that has influenced the way both Mike and I think about prophets. But really, I think a better way to understand a prophet's role in Scripture is to narrow it down to two primary things that prophets are doing. Right. And so this book by Walter Brueggemann really focuses on the role of a prophet to imagine uh, what is God's future for people. Imagine uh, what it looks like. Imagine what a, a, a kingdom of God or a kingdom of Israel full and wholeness in the midst of shalom, which is sort of this peace beyond peace, this sort of put back together again. What is that? Uh, what does it look like? And, and to, to be able to see it with their own eyes. But then the prophet also has to share that imagination with others to help open up their minds to see it too. So they are not only the visionaries, but they're also the communicators of what that future looks like. But they also have to do a little bit of, you know, plowing the field, uh, you know, getting the people ready. Mm. And sometimes that includes the painful role of identifying reality. Yeah. I mean, I think most of the time when a prophet comes on the scene, especially in a season of folks messing up or folks not being faithful to God, the leading lines are rebukes, which we are calling identifying reality. It's the prophet describing and putting it in front of people so they can't miss where they have made mistakes. And then following that with the ability to cast a vision to imagine what a hopeful future with God would look like for this person or these people. 
Right. Think about how Jesus said uh, a prophet is not welcome in his own hometown, right? And it's because they tell the truth. Correct. And it's yeah. the truth that people don't want to hear often because it's the truth about ways we have messed up. And nobody wants to focus on that. You know, we want to live in our own reality instead of facing the reality that we are actually in. But once that reality is um, painfully accepted by others, then something can happen. Some growth can happen. We know that there is a reason to exit from this current reality. But until we can accept that, we're kind of stuck in our own sort of um, <laughs> fairy tale land. I know for me that personally, having someone tell the truth to me, oh, it's painful. But when I do accept it, there's usually some really good growth that can come out from that. I just have to kind of thicken my skin and get my courage up to be able to listen to it. And I really do think that that is, is probably the first step for most people is to honestly identify and own their current reality. Where am I right now? Where am I growing from? And listen, I don't think we're good at this. I don't think we're good at being self-aware to a point where we are critiquing ourselves. But I do think that's where we have to start to really build a solid foundation uh, to grow from. We do. We've got to be able to accept the reality uh, that is in us and that is around us. It's a part of emotional intelligence, uh, like you said, to be self-aware. And we're not good at it. And so, you know, sometimes this is a skill that is hard fought in order to uh, improve in. And sometimes we need that role of someone else, kind of like the people of God needed a prophet right. to speak that truth into our lives. Right. I mean, when I think about this, I think about when I do premarital counseling for couples, one of the things that I have them do is uh, ask two, three, four close friends or family what they as an individual need to work on to be a better spouse. And then also I have them make a list of all the reasons that they wouldn't want to be married to themselves, which, and usually that session starts off being pretty awkward because it, it's like we have to get over this hump and, and the couple does of, okay, how honest are we really going to be right now? Are, are we just going to talk about surface level stuff that we both already know about and can, and can joke about and can mask with humor? Or are we actually going to talk about, okay, if I'm being honest with myself, the, these are the reasons that I wouldn't want to be married to me. Mm -hmm. Because I think it takes that second type of self-awareness in this situation with growth to really begin to crack that shell of, okay, well, this is where I am and this is where I want to go. But you see that one, two step, this is where I am. And now this is where I feel like God is calling me to go. This is where I feel led uh, uh, to make my way to. And, and like you said, this is where I am. This, and, and once I understand that, I can better dream as to where I need to go and where I need to grow. But it's not easy. And like we've mentioned with the prophets, they were often the people in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, that would come in and identify reality. And they were not loved by everyone, especially right. the people in charge. Right. I mean, like, I can't think about a prophet doing this without thinking about Nathan's relationship with David. Now, David is, is the best king, right? He yeah. is the king that is most highly exalted. And for good reason. He did a lot of wonderful things, but he still messed up. And he still had a prophet in his life that would reorient him and come into his life when he had made a mistake. A perfect example of this 
is when he had his relationship with Bathsheba. And Nathan comes on the scene to attempt to, to reorient David and to force him to own his actions before really moving forward. Yeah, his heart was usually after God, according to Scripture. Right. But at this moment, it was out of sync with God. Right. And his actions led him not only into this inappropriate relationship with Bathsheba, but also the, the, the actions that led her husband into battle to True. die. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and what Nathan's role is, is to help identify for David where he went wrong. And for David, and I think for others, and perhaps maybe for us, it will take a third party uh, to help us get there. And then, you know, you were also talking about the role of Isaiah when we think about uh, prophets doing this in Scripture. Isaiah speaking uh, hard truths to people like Hezekiah, uh, and to be there with the people as the kingdom is is coming down around them, um, knowing that they were going to be taken into captivity. Uh, and Isaiah is speaking about that. Not only is is he alerting them um, to things, but he's also sharing in First Isaiah, the first portion of his book, kind of letting them know what's about to happen. Um, and then we know that they do. They do go into captivity. And then we have Isaiah, the third section, the sort of end section of right, his book, right. is saying, hey, we're, we're about to enter into a time of chaos and change again because we've been in captivity. Now we're about to go back, and we've got to really identify what has happened to us and to understand where we are before we go back, before we go mm-hmm. home, before mm-hmm. we reestablish uh, the kingdom so that we've got the ability to rebuild correctly and faithfully. So if you're if you're buying this, then I think the question is how can you be your own prophet? How how can you begin to do some of these things in your own life? And granted, I think to really get good at this, especially the first step, owning your reality, it's just going to take some time. It's just going to take some time, especially if you've never really done this before. You've never really owned the areas in your life, especially with your spiritual life, where you really think and know you need to experience some growth. Um, and, and like I said, maybe, maybe it would mean in incorporating a third party. Maybe that is a spouse for you or a close friend or a family member or a pastor or a therapist in your life or someone like that that can help you be honest with yourself. Well, and you, you've made the comment before that there are three people that you need in your life. Every person needs in their life. Yeah, I find myself saying this a lot. Uh, I, think, I think every person needs three relationships in their life, uh, a best friend or a friend that they can trust, a pastor and a counselor. Three important people yeah. in your life. Yeah. So if you don't have all three of those relationships, uh, I would encourage you to move towards that. And, and then you need to make sure that those core relationships, if you're asking them to uh, help you diagnose your reality, you've got to put yourself in the mindset of they, if they are that close to me and if I trust them enough to ask them to help me, whatever they say to me is out of love. Mm. You know, because often the problem is, is we hear those things as criticism and we want to shut out criticism. I remember one of the first times that my children got back their, their grade uh, on a piece of paper with red ink, with red ink correcting their mistakes. It was just, you know, tears, screams. It was just how in the world 
can I recover from this? Because it was the very first time that they had been corrected by a teacher. Mm -hmm. And that reality of something being wrong uh, was just earth shattering. You know, skip ahead to middle school and high school, you know, hey, a B is a really good thing. It's okay. You know, <laughs> it's not that scary to get a, a B like it was when you were in first grade or second grade. But, you know, being open uh, to somebody diagnosing your reality, identifying your reality, telling the truth, remembering that it's their perspective. And right. so having multiple perspectives right. is actually more beneficial than just having, having one. But I think you and I mentioned early on, uh, on episode two, that we both had experiences of stillness in our lives where mm -hmm. one of the gifts we got from that experience was the ability to be honest with ourselves. True. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's really where we want to push you this week is how can you look at the roles of a prophet in scripture and incorporate those, the vision casting and the honesty into your own life? And, and how can that set you up and propel you towards growth? So again, you know, maybe that means you being your own prophet in, in a sort, or, or maybe that means pulling in someone else into the conversation, especially here initially, to help you organize your thoughts and, and make sense of, of where you are currently and where you feel like God's leading you. And so if you're going to be your own prophet, um, one of the first things that you obviously have to do is to say, who am I? Where am I? Mm -hmm. What is my life like now? Mm -hmm. Another important role of the prophet is to, like we said, Imagine, imagine what could be. Describe in your mind what could be. Identify a dream. You know what does wholeness look like for me? Um, and and you can do that more effectively. We promise you, if you actually take the step of diagnosing reality, tell yourself the truth. It'll go so much better to imagine and describe in your mind what could be. Yeah, and let's just own it too. I think we as adults are just not good most of the time at using our imagination. And this is really what we're asking you to do, to truly imagine, use your imagination and dream where God is calling you and where you feel like, go down that rabbit hole of, of all the areas in your life where you want to experience growth and what your relationship with God would be like if that was a reality. That's what we're asking you to do. If you read scripture and read the prophet foretelling a hopeful future, it seems so unrealistic in the moment, especially when you read prophets like Amos and Hosea, because the current circumstances are not great. But the way they speak about the future with God, it's like a totally different world. That's what we're asking you to do with this imagine and dreaming step. Right. And so here's, here's an example of an activity you can do. And, you know, you can use this with other people in your life share it with them. Or if you just want to get wild and crazy uh, and egotistical, even, you know, <laughs> this is something you could do for yourself and not share with anybody else. But uh, Ministry Architects is a, a consulting firm for churches. And I was working with them several years ago uh, to help our youth ministry at a previous church grow. And one of the things they did was to have an exercise for a, a group to do where we imagined a news article about our youth ministry 10 years down the road. And it was supposed to be this glowing, amazing, how could a youth group ever have achieved something like this? A news story that speaks to the soul of who we wanted to be as a group. And we went away and did that individually. And then we put it together into a, a, a group project. Mm. And then we shared with others. And it was really helpful because some of those dreams were so compelling that other people are like, oh, 
we should do something. We should do, mm-hmm. you know, something to get in into into a pathway of achieving that in five to ten years. So for yourself, write an article. You know, again, if this is something private, do it in a journal, do it on a private note in your phone. Ten years from now, somebody writes a story about you. What does it say? What does it say about you? And if if that's a dream that's convicting or, or compelling to you, maybe that is the step that you need to take right now to be ready before we start aiming to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless for both steps, I, I would encourage, and my experience has been that it, it works better and it feels more real when we do actually put pen to paper. I agree. Yeah. And, and even if you don't do that exercise along the way, as you are dreaming, as you are identifying uh, what could be for you, Write those things down, and and maybe you want to organize it into different areas. What does it look like for my spiritual life? What does it look like for my emotional life? What does it look like for my my physical being? And and imagine what could be in all of those different areas. Um, and go for the moon. Shoot for the moon on these things because the more compelling it is, the more I think we'll be able to to think about how to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And again, if you're listening to this and you don't know what to do with it, two steps I would encourage you to do. Pray about it and set up a meeting with someone you trust that you can ask some of these questions to about you and your own life. Where am I? Where do I need to grow? And what do you think a future would look like for me uh, with with growth towards God? Be your own prophet. Be your own prophet. Take the steps. Be your own prophet and get a teammate if you need it, if you want it. That's right. So next week, I think we're going to continue to focus on what it means for us to have this growth plan of attack, ready, aim, fire. What does it mean for us to continue to take the steps to really have some momentum shifting growth plans that will help us take the necessary steps towards growth? Yep. Yep. Once we have identified our reality and once we have casted vision towards a future hope with God, what are the habits that we need to cultivate to begin to work and move towards that. Well, we appreciate you listening, friends. Again, this is Grow Deeper with Mike and Ross, and we will catch you next week.